0: Hey guys, it's Kelly, and I want to welcome you back to the Unbroken Podcast. So, there's something that I kind of really wanted to talk about. I kind of shy away from a lot of personal things sometimes, and I'm starting to realize that maybe I need to get a little bit more personal with things. So, the sex trafficking world is a very ugly place, and a lot of really terrible, horrific things happen. And I'm not going to go into detail about a lot of those things. But when I was in it, when other victims are in it, we have to detach the best way that we can. Obviously, for me, it was a little bit different because I was... Groomed from birth to be the perfect victim That wouldn't question anything But during the sales, there was a lot of dissociation A lot of detachment from, you know, basically just like Feeling like I was leaving my body And emotionally not being connected at all because you have to in order to survive. You're put into the most impossible situation and you can't fight. You can't do anything at all except do what you're told to do. And in order to get through things like that, unfortunately, it means completely leaving your mind and leaving your body. And it's hard. Because you get so used to just shutting off your emotions And shutting off everything that you need to In order to survive And that follows into your recovery I've noticed for myself lately That I have been shutting my emotions off in my daily life And sometimes I think I'm too good at it And I do it too much And I don't feel emotional attachments to things that I probably should. And sometimes I have irrational attachments like to Dexter. And I was devastated when um, what happened to him happened to him. I'm not going to say it, so I don't want to give any spoilers away. But this is why I still firmly believe that we need support for the family members of victims and survivors because they don't know what we went through. They couldn't even imagine the things that we went through. And I don't want to say it's like you have to have gone through it to fully understand it because I don't exactly believe that. But... Um, It's kind of like you have to give us time To be able to come forward To feel comfortable sharing our stories To feel comfortable giving what details we want And what details we don't And it's hard And I know that my marriage has struggled a lot And I really put my husband through the wringer sometimes And it's so hard because I have to be self-aware of the things that I do that may be unhealthy or things like that. But it's like, I have to tell my husband, hey, I know that I do this and I know that it's really fucked up that I do this and I don't want to. But don't stop me in the heat of the moment. Wait a day to talk to me about it because like I'll be more receptive and... It's hard because I hate having to say it like that. But honestly, that's like the best thing for me. And I am like so unbelievably blessed to have a husband that is as thoughtful, caring, and supportive as my husband is. But I would be lying if I said that I did not feel guilty and that he deserves better. Um, He has a really... A really fucked up wife, um, and he loves me anyways, and I love him just the same. But I wish he had support. And for any new listeners that haven't gone through and heard all of the episodes, I I really recommend listening to the one that I did with my husband because it's it, he gave a very good perspective of what it's like to be married to a survivor but I've worked a lot over the years with mothers, fathers, sisters, um, lots of people whose family members had been taken into sex trafficking, and it's really hard to give them advice because sometimes they don't want to hear it, and I don't blame them. I don't want to be giving it, but the truth of the fact is, Sex trafficking is ugly and nasty and there's a lot of really bad things that happen to good people and it's just it's hard and I wish that I had all of the answers and I wish that I could just hug and embrace every single survivor every single victim and all their family members and just Chase all the bad guys, snakes, and monsters away But I can't do that myself So this is why I have my podcast And why I'm doing my thing on TikTok Because I'm hoping that the more people hear the truth And hear what sex trafficking actually is Then maybe it will help them in coping with with a family member that has been taken into trafficking or just recently returned. Um, because the saving a victim, like I've said, it doesn't stop at the last sale. And yes, I have been gone for 13 years, but I still struggle. And in fact, just a couple days ago with my therapy session, uh, there were things that I was talking about with my therapist that I had never opened up about before and a lot of self-reflection led up to that but it was just things that I realized that I was doing and a lot of it was around that kind of dissociation and detachment of from emotions And I struggle with it, and I know a lot of other people that do as well, and it's just, how do you tell, like, what really is healthy, and when you cross that line into what isn't healthy, and I don't think that's an easy thing for me to answer, I don't even think that's an easy thing for anybody to answer, but that's what happens we get so used to shutting off our emotions all the time and I mean like it's in like a like split second that we just have to shut everything off and how do you exactly reprogram and change that so you start to feel emotions I did another episode about feeling emotions with a good friend of mine Patty and uh, she's amazing so she has two episodes on here if you want to check those out, but I had always thought that I had gotten past that part, but there were just a lot of things that happened recently, nothing important enough to repeat, but where I started to really realize that I have been so detached. So, recently, a lot of people, I'm sure, have seen the TikTok video where I shared different pictures of houses that I was trafficked at. And the one that was the most difficult was the one that I spent the majority of my childhood at. And it's not difficult in the way that I think a lot of people would expect and definitely not the way I would expect. Like, I thought when I was looking for pictures And I saw this house that it was going to shred me emotionally and just tear my heart apart, but it didn't. I had no attachment to that house. I didn't feel emotionally connected. I didn't feel triggered. It was just nothing. I just felt nothing. And when I think about my parents' If I feel angry with them or mad and upset, hurt, I don't. I just feel nothing. And it's a trauma response for sure and probably a very good one (laughs) and something that I definitely need. But I remember asking my therapist, like, how long does this kind of thing go on before it sticks? And I'm just permanently an emotionless shell of a person. And, I mean, I feel love for my husband. I feel amazing love for my children. But it just, you know, gets to that point where you're sitting there one day and it's like, I don't want to say like the walls cave in, but you just kind of realize behaviors that you've had. And I think that's something that's important to talk about because I've been gone 13 years and I feel no attachment to my childhood home. And it's, I remember this song, Um, I can't remember what it's called right now. The house uh, It talks about um, Miranda Lambert sings it and it's the house that was built in, or something like that, and she talks about, like, going back to the home, and I, I'd always thought about that, about going back and talking to the person and seeing if I can go inside, but I've driven past it before, quite a few times, and I just, it looks like just any other house. I don't feel anything, and Obviously for the majority of the time that I lived there I was never really myself. I was somebody else. But I, I want to feel it. And I don't always know how to do that. And I think a lot of survivors could struggle with that. And it definitely affects your personal relationships. Um because I I mean I know it affects mine with my husband, but um It's just a lot. But people are curious, and I love that. I hate it because a lot of people are a little bit intrusive, but I love that people are getting curious, and I feel like the more personal I get, the more that it reaches people. But I also hate getting personal. As strange as this is going to sound with how much I talk about it, I actually prefer to be kind of in the background and to be behind the scenes. Like, not be the one up front getting all of the attention. I just don't like it, and I don't think that it's for me. But apparently, I'm pretty good at it, from what I'm told and that's my calling, and that's what I'm doing, but I don't think a lot of people understand that I am completely out of my comfort zone, and I have been for the past few years since I started sharing, and it's difficult uh, to be the face of something, and I'm not The face of sex trafficking, but I'm definitely the face of my own story, but having that much attention, I'm just not used to it, and I'm scared of it, because throughout most of my life, when I had that much attention, it was because I was being trafficked, and I was on a sale, or I was at one of the parties where they were showing us off, or, you know, so it it gets triggering, And it gets hard, so I think a lot of people need to really understand that it is difficult for us to share. And to put ourselves out there and to be that vulnerable, it takes a long time. I know that there is a lot of people that have commented on videos of mine saying that they're not ready to share. And oh man, I get that. I was not ready for a very long time. And uh, I don't even think I could say right now with 100% certainty that I'm ready to do it now. (laughs) Because it's hard. And that's why I've been kind of slacking a little bit when making videos on TikTok or making episodes here on my podcast. Because it's, it's just... I try to get the motivation to do it, but I don't always want to, and I know some people commented, and I love you for it, wondering, you know, if I was okay because I hadn't been putting anything out here or on TikTok, but it's, it takes a toll on your soul having to relive every single moment over again. And while I don't have an emotional attachment to the home that I grew up in, I still feel the pain of the things that happened while I was inside of that home and while I was living there and the 26 years that I spent with my parents. And even if I don't always... Appear to be stressed or triggered or upset, it doesn't mean that I'm not. Um, Talking with my therapist about the detachment of emotions, he did bring up something that really resonated and just made a lot of sense was, I may be mentally doing it, but I'm still physically feeling it. And it was crazy because I just had... Like, my neck was really stiff, and my shoulders, and I was in so much pain. When I would lay down, it was, like, really hard to relax, and then when he said that to me, I was like, oh, shit, like, that's why I've been hurting so much. I've had to shut off my emotions to make these videos, and my body was still remembering, and that was very difficult to kind of admit to myself because I want to feel like I'm past it and feel like I'm on the path to recovery and I'm doing so much better and, you know, everything in between. And, I mean, I've definitely come a very long way. But it still hurts. It still hurts to go back there. It still hurts to think about it. And then I have my best friend that is never going to listen to this episode. And she's going through so much. And I feel so much pain. And I feel her pain. And I wish I could take it away. And unfortunately, the only way I know how is to tell her how I did it. And that was just to shut it all off. And how do you say that to someone? And... How do you get them to agree to do that? And it's, I mean, it's not something that obviously should be pushed on anyone, but it's a long road. And I think that we need to figure out a way to not only just support survivors, but to support their families and their friends and put out information because we need support for the rest of our lives. But so does my husband, and so do my children. I have not told my children everything, obviously. I never would, but they have to live with a mother that had these terrible things happen uh, to her, and it's difficult for them. And I, I don't put guilt on them. I don't put stress on them. I try to carry my own cross, but... There are times where, you know, it it kind of just sp- spills over and we need to be able to help them cope with us while we're coping. I mean, it's just like a big circle. Let's just say that. <laughs> but you know, my son is an amazing kid and I keep things from him. Obviously, he's younger. But he senses things, and, you know, he'll come lay with me and watch movies and play Roblox with me and things, and it's great. I love it, but we never want to burden the ones that we love, and when we do, we feel guilty, and on top of feeling guilty, we feel the trauma, and it comes in so many forms, you know, like my therapist said, it comes in body memories, and I've had... Um, I've had smell memories. I don't know what the exact like official term is, but I was talking with another friend of mine and she she remembered this one incident when she thought I was losing my mind. Um, I was doing lives a lot. It was on my older account before I lost it. And just like smack in the middle of the live on TikTok I was like oh my god I just I keep smelling something burnt I keep smelling something citrusy and I keep smelling coffee and it was driving me absolutely bonkers but it was a memory but all it was was I was smelling it and my husband was trying to help out and like candles and I have so many air fresheners throughout my apartment <laughs> But it was, it's crazy. It it really is that it it can come to you like that. And after a few weeks of dealing with smelling that at random times, and I, I didn't notice that it was because of something that had triggered me, because, I mean, who really thinks about, like, getting triggered and just smelling weird things? But eventually, I was able to get the memory open. It's definitely not something that I'm comfortable talking about. Um, not yet anyways, but, um, it was, it was a very, very hard thing. Um, I know for the longest time that my parents just always kind of tried to convince me that I was like them and I was evil and I could do all these horrible things to people. And that one in particular, um, Memory was them forcing me to do something to make me feel exactly like I was them. And I can remember my father whispering in my ear, you are exactly like us. And that is a thing that does not go away very easily. I have, I guess it's vigilance where... I just I want to make sure that I'm not like them and that my children aren't like them and my husband doesn't and you know sometimes I look too deeply into things and sometimes I probably could look a little more deeper but I choose not to but it is a fear of mine that I'm going to end up just like them you know the things I've witnessed and seen and felt and experienced I don't know how I made it out and still have a soul and still have a heart to love again. But I feel like I take it for granted and it could just go away at any moment. And it's, it's a scary thought. So I think it's it's really important. And I know I keep saying that and I'm trying not to repeat myself, but my words are just like leaving my mind um, kind of dissociating a little bit right now, but um it's hard to explain that to my husband and explain that to other people that I just have this constant fear that eventually my heart is gonna grow cold and I'm just going to be this emotionless, soulless shell, and I don't I don't want to hurt anybody. I would never, but I also want to be a loving person, and I want to be able to experience love and feel it and have, feel someone loving me back, but I get scared that someday something's going to happen and I will snap and just lose all of the empathy that I have and the ability to feel emotions. And, honestly, I am quite terrified of that. And I didn't realize it until something recently happened. And I sat down and, well, it was, um... When this particular thing happened, the very first thing that crossed my mind was okay, I'm going to tell my therapist about this, and he's going to say, I wonder and I worry about how this makes you feel, if it's triggering, if it's too much for you, because he says that a lot. And I realized I don't feel triggered. I don't feel upset. I just feel nothing. And I think that's what really brought up the conversation was because when I told him everything that was going on, he... Said exactly that (laughs) And I told him I had already thought That he was going to say that And that I've already come up with my answer But I know I'm kind of babbling But my mind is all over the place I'm so exhausted I've been weeding through comments on TikTok I've been doing meetings And talking with a lot of people And I love doing it It's what I've always wanted was for people to hear what sex trafficking was. Not necessarily hear me, but to hear what the truth was and to want to know what it was. And it's it feels like it just all happened at once. I had, like, my little following on TikTok and the subscribers and listeners here, but it was just, like, out of nowhere, I posted that video and it was just like, bam, everything's happening now. And I wasn't prepared. I never thought that video was going to go viral. I thought it, just, it never did. And it went quick. But I'm so thankful to have this outlet to just sit here and be able to talk things out. Sometimes I am talking and I realize a lot of things as I'm talking. And when I get done and publish, I have to kind of sit back and be like, whoa, whoa. Did I really say that? Do I really feel that? Like it's it's a ride for sure. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try my hardest to stay as happy as I am and as loving as I am and keep fighting the fight because we're gonna end sex trafficking. We have to. We gotta protect our kids and our kids' kids. But we have to do it the right way And unfortunately finding out that there aren't as many resources as there should be Is very disheartening I had to call the human trafficking hotline the other day And was on hold for over an hour just to be hung up on And when I did text messages I can't believe the things this person said to me Uh... The advice that they gave was terrible. So, real quick before I go. If you believe that someone is being human trafficked, whether it's labor trafficking or sex trafficking, do not approach the victim. If you have an opportunity, like where they're in the bathroom or something like that and their traffickers are away from them, yeah, sure, ask them if they're okay. But be prepared for them to say that they are okay and that they're not in any trouble. Because a lot of times, they don't know that they are. When I was a child, I had absolutely no idea. And I would have told anybody that, nope, I'm fine. I'm with my parents. Like, everything's cool. And, you know, that's why it's best to report these things. And get the authorities involved because... They really know how to handle those kinds of situations. Also, if your family members are in trafficking, as hard as it is, don't try to contact them because it will put them in danger. And when there was a lot of people getting suspicious about things that were happening to me, I was moved to another state with people I didn't know in the ring and the most horrific, horrible things happened in that house. So, as hard as it is, don't o- contact them. If they reach out to you, And understand that they had a split second to do it. So, just answer simply. Answer, okay, thank you, you're welcome. Things like that. like Just very simple. Not to tip them, you know, the traffickers off that they were reaching out. And... Protect your kids. But don't think that that protection stops the day that they turn 18 because they can still be targeted. I've been doing research and there is an uptick of men targeting single moms on dating sites that they know have teenage daughters and they're dating the mothers with the intention of grooming and taking the daughters into sex trafficking. And it's scary to think about that. But I'm going to leave it there for tonight. Because I am absolutely exhausted. And I have a very long weekend ahead of me. Um, anybody that's going out to D.C. for the march tomorrow. Please be careful. And I know this is going to sound shitty. But... Please don't make us survivors and people that are fighting sex trafficking look bad because we are trying our hardest to change things and change laws. And if people go out there doing crazy stuff, it'll make us all look bad. So be careful and hopefully nothing happens. um, And... Please, everybody, get off the Epstein-Maxwell case. They are just the face, and they are very small fish in a very big bowl. They want you focused on them. That's why they allowed the things that happened to happen. So I think it is best that we all just move on and focus on where trafficking is still happening. And it's in your neighborhood. It's your neighbor's house. It's your niece that's being trafficked by you know, her parents. It's the gymnastics coach, the dance teacher, things like that. Like, you have to look closer to home because statistically, that's where it's going to be at. And the more that we are drawn away from that, the harder it's going to be to end this absolutely horrific crime that should be wiped off this planet. But thank you guys so much for... All your love and support, and for listening to me just babble. I had a lot of things that I wanted to say in this episode, but it didn't quite go the way that I wanted to, but I do have some pretty awesome guests coming up. Um, Some of the episodes are very heavy and maybe hard to listen to. I've put trigger warnings in front of them, but... I think it's important that people hear it because these two amazing people giving their stories was difficult for them. It was difficult for me to record it, but I'm happy that they did. And people need to know what's going on. These particular episodes are cult survivors that were not sex trafficked, but there was some pretty wild things that happened that I... Never even thought was a thing. So I hope everyone has an absolutely amazing weekend. And I will talk with y'all soon. Have a good one.